1: This is not Davy Jones of the Monkees, and you're listening to TV Confidential with Ed Robertson. It's Groovy Man. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Always happy to welcome back our friend James Dumont. James Dumont, one of the busiest actors in movies and TV today, and one of the busiest actors in and out of. Hollywood, James can currently be seen opposite Eddie Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross in the Amazon Prime comedy Candy Cane Lane. He also has a supporting role in the HBO series The Righteous Gemstones. Plus, as always, because James is one of the busiest people in the motion picture and TV industry, he has one or two other movies in the pipeline. We will ask him about that and more just then. James Vermont, welcome back to our program.
0: Thank you. Glad
1: to be back. I've talked to enough actors to know that first and foremost, above all else, actors like to work as much as possible. They want to work as much as possible. That was not possible for you and every other working actor in the industry for a good part of this year. Um, But now that the strike is settled and behind us, how did you hold up and were you able to move some other Non movie or TV projects in the time when you weren't uh, in front of the camera.
0: Yeah, I think that you know, uh, uh, it's it's glad that it's all kind of resolved. I mean, I think this is the beginning of an opening up more of conversations about stuff like AI that mm-hmm. uh, I think I think will be affecting our business, you know, drastically over the years, and if not already. Lucky for me, I, you know, like I got a hundred. 70 movies and TV shows in the can, and a good many of those were network shows, Mm -hmm. so, you know, residuals basically kept me alive during this time. I also, (laughs) I've been teaching and coaching the last eight years, and so I got, you know, since COVID, I had about 1,300 people come through my classes in the last three, four years, so it's been, uh, that's been the thing that really kind of has been keeping me alive, uh, you know, and, and working. You know, this job Candy Cane Lane is the only job I had this year, this whole year. Wow. It's very very rare after doing this for, you know, over 30 years. It's I've never had just one job the whole year. I've always six, eight in a good year, a great year 10 to 12, you know, but uh this was just my one and only gig. We started I I shot the last two days of Mar- in March, last two days of shooting in March and boom, it's out, you know, December 1. So you know, they work, they work pretty quickly. You know, other projects, I, you know, there's. I, I try to really kind of work the development angle on, on films and things that I've been working on. But I really, honestly, was just so much in kind of hustle, struggle mode to keep my classes going that I really just most mostly dedicated my time to that.
1: Well, we've talked about this before, James. If there's a benefit to a global pandemic... It's that um, it provided an opportunity for creatives such as yourself to draw on other ways to create and produce and make content available, such as your online courses. And what you bring to the table that not every actor or not, ev- not everybody else brings to the table is that you've been a working actor pretty much nonstop for more than thirty years, not everybody can say that. And right. uh, that's true. And and as we and I and I know we've talked about this before. You know this. Uh, you learned this very early on, and it's carried you through the motion picture industry, the television industry, the you know the acting industry is as much about building relationships as actually landing roles. And in a situation when, when the work is slow or slower than normal, it's when that, in a lot of ways, that's when you rely on, and and you, and you draw on those relationships to see, you know, what else you can develop in the interim.
0: Absolutely. You know, and the thing is, same thing with COVID, you know, I use the time to get myself stronger as an actor. You know, I used to have this negative connotation of teaching or coaching or teaching in particular of like, you know, those who can't act teach. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just, that's just not true. You know, I didn't realize, how much of, I've, I've become such a stronger actor, particularly on camera, after, you know, when I have to really learn how to articulate and coach to people things that I've been doing for a long period of time, so it basically gave me an opportunity to strengthen my skills, you know, so that now that, you know, like, for example, I got, you know, last night an audition came in, it's eight pages, and, you know, when we hang up, I'm going to, Start shooting it. Mm-hmm. So in less than twenty-four hours, I'm turning around eight pages of dialogue. Yeah, it's not due till tomorrow night. But the reality is, this show, these are a TV show. It's moving quickly. Mm-hmm. Part of our new SAG rules are they do need to give you more time. But even with a, with a guy like me, in order for me to compete, uh, I need to turn it around in twenty-four to forty-eight hours. Even though I may be given the luxury of forty-eight to seventy-two. Uh, if I take that time, the possibilities they've seen a lot of a lot of other people by the time they get my material in. So it hasn't changed the way in which that I work, but one of the things, the big advantages is, and even with my students, you know, I went so far as to creating content with. them. Now my students are pairing up with each other, writing things for each other, and there's short films that I've helped to kind of produce or you know script you know supervise or, or really consult on and they're turning into short films that they're now, you know, in festivals all over the world. So I always say to people in the in the downtimes, just like any other athlete in the off season, are you training? Yeah. Are you really just waiting for game day when you when you're back in the thing or are you eating right or are you exercising or are you strengthening skills in the off season so that when when the opportunities do come, you really are able to kind of capitalize on them. And I, and that's always been my belief is that if people are in this business to be famous or to make money, th- you're in the wrong business because there's other ways to make money. And as we see with quote-unquote influencers who don't really influence anything but attention, and, and you know, you know, really, they don't really. What are they influencing? Are they influencing these two wars? Are they influencing communication between human beings? But yeah. what, what are they influencing? No, it's really attention and commerce and congratulations that you'll they'll talk about that forever but 50 years from now 100 years from now I don't think they'll be talking about it so you really didn't influence anything but I feel like rather than rather than create content or be a creative for attention or for effect or for commerce why not create why not tell a story i mean the beautiful thing about being an actor is is we're storytellers and that's the most original form of communication between any human beings I think we said this before where, you know, I never feel anybody should disrespect someone who's a creative or a storyteller, whether they're a writer, director, actor, visual artist, musician, because we're all, this is, before there were words, there were grunts, there were rocks on walls, drawing pictures, telling the stories of the human beings that were here before us. This is a noble, noble thing. Now, in the middle of a pan- worldwide pandemic, what did everybody do? They burned through billions of hours of content. So at the most crucial moment when we're all faced with this worldwide pandemic, what do we do? We turn to the storytellers, we turn to the movies, we turn to music, we turn to the, you know, the creatives in order to make us feel better, in order to, to be connected and human. So as much as things like the pandemic and the strike were very difficult things, on the other side of it, I always feel like just like 100 years ago, when we're coming off a worldwide war and a pandemic, was the Roaring 20s, was the, some of the greatest thinkers, scientists, Einstein, some of the greatest writers, you know, Eugene O'Neill, some of the greatest, you know, playwright stories, pieces of music, Louis Armstrong, I can go down the list. So from from these horrific things like the Depression and World Wars and pandemics came incredible creativity. And I've really felt that even the first, the the last writer's guild strike in 2007, I felt that strike, that the quality of television and film writing, television writing in particular, got better. Mm -hmm. It got better. And now this other strike, I think it's going to get even more better. So much so that, that you know, movie stars would never do television before. Now it's like, wait a minute. Like, to get their movie careers back in order, they got to be on television.
1: Absolutely.
0: And the quality of writing is so good mm-hmm. that it's comparable what's there, and you can draw A-list actors in there who would never do TV before. Like, from these awful things... You know, I still feel it's it's the it's the phoenix from the ashes. Uh, it's turning poison into medicine.
1: And the production schedules are such that a short term and a six eight episode television series for Apple TV or Amazon Prime might appeal to a Harrison Ford or That's a George right. Clooney because it doesn't interfere with their movie <laughs> with their movie schedule. That's right. That's right. Right. I
0: mean, Harrison and Dame Helen Mirren would never be doing television. Yeah. Never. 10 years ago, Absolutely. not at all, Absolutely. because they would be making too much money and they'd be too tied up in other projects. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they could do a limited series and come in, and if the writing is good and the people are good, they're still probably getting the same amount of money, maybe for the less amount of time commitment. Absolutely. So, there's there, so I know this has been a very difficult, uh, it's been a very financially difficult struggle for me. You know, I had a you know downsized from the house, but I downsized anyways because my kid's all Grown, so, mm-hmm. you know, it was an inevitable move, but it was, I was, my hand was forced of the house we live in got sold. And it was not easy to not be able to tell stories and not be able to do the thing that you're put on this planet to do is difficult. So I pivoted and I found ways in which to tell stories and create stories with my students, some things that I was in, even I maybe off camera. But the point was, is that I always think it's crucial what somebody does in the downtime, when people aren't looking and aren't paying attention. Because I think the the thing that we're seeing is that people don't are not doing things they're doing things only for attention and ego and they're feeling whole when they're responded to. I think it's the real great artist, the real mark of excellence is what you do when People are not paying attention.
1: James Dumont is on the line with us. James is one of those familiar faces that you have seen in movies and on television uh, over the past 30-plus years, including such network shows as Blue Bloods and Magnum P.I., a prominent role in Spencer Confidential, the highly-watched Netflix movie starring Mark Wahlberg and directed by... Peter Berg, in which James played a character who is best known for or for wearing uh, loud, flashy yellow jumpsuits. James also has a supporting role in HBO's uh, The Righteous Gemstones, and he can currently be seen opposite Eddie Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross in Candy Cane Lane, the new comedy directed by Reginald Hudlin. We'll uh, ask James about Candy Cane Lane in just a second. Candy Cane Lane, available now. For viewing on-demand Amazon Prime. Before we get to Candy Cane Lane, we're talking about creatives. I should point out, for the benefit of those who may not know, uh, besides being uh, uh, having a lot of creativity in his own right, uh, being a very talented actor and able to create and 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 pass on his knowledge in other forms such as his classes. Uh, the name Dumont is very significant in television, and James's uncle was the man who created the cathode ray tube, the tube that made television sets possible. We don't watch television as much on television sets anymore. The fact that you have a direct line to the origins of television, that's one of the many cool things I like about talking to you, James.
0: Yeah, no, I've, I'm, I'm working on a biopic about my, it's my great uncle, Alan B. Dumont. And he created the DuMont television network. He was a world-renowned scientist. Worked, as you said, on the cathode ray tube, the picture tube for television, and created the first television network where there were multiple stations in cities in the East Coast. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm working on a biopic about him because I, uh, A, I, I look like him, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and b there's tons of amazing stories that he was he was really really an innovator, so much ahead of his time, in terms of. There was actually television shows. There was an African-American woman who had a cooking show mm-hmm. on television, her own show. There was an Asian woman who had her own cooking show on television. So early in the pioneer days, there was an African-American woman and an Asian woman who were who were who running had their own television shows on TV on a regular basis. And he also hired people that had been blacklisted and mm-hmm. hadn't been able to work in the theater. Uh, the other cool thing that he was able to do is you know, as a young man, he got polio, and and so he was away and wasn't able to go to school. So what he did is at home, is he would he would deconstruct radios and and things. And this is how he became the scientist that he was. And he always had that kind of little bit of limp from when he had polio. And so when men were coming back from World War II, he would actually hire people that had amputees because they were able to do certain things on a, on an assembly line or or line that other people would never want to be able to hire. So there's a lot of cool things about him that I feel are really fascinating. It's kind of like a Tucker story, but so I'm working on a a biopic about him right now with a a producer friend of mine named John Henson, who again was one of these kind of radio television majors in college and was just fascinated by Alan's story. How here's this scientist that gets pulled into with all, you know, big business and corporations and eventually Paramount and CBS, these other entities kind of pushed him out because it was money and commerce over really kind of creativity. But they were doing live shows, and, and some of those shows were, you know, the Jackie Gleason show, mm-hmm. which there was a little sketch in there about this guy named Ralph Cramden, who was a bus driver, and his mm-hmm. best buddy, Ed. That becomes the Honeymooners, the Captain Video, you know, Cavalcade of Stars, the show of shows. You know, there were really great early programming things that he did, and he was really an innovator in the sense that he knew that there was, right now, there's, a, there's broadcast a network for everybody, but then he was really into niche television. Mm-hmm. He really found there's an audience for this African-American woman's cooking show. There's an audience for this Asian American's cook. So there's an audience for captain video in terms of sci-fi supernatural folks. So what he was doing even early on was finding the right kind of content for the right kind of people. And it, and it really helped for a long time. So yeah. I'm just kind of, you know, I've, I've been wanting to kind of tell that story for a long time. And finally, when my, you now my friend John has, you know, he'd been hounding me he's like, dude, you're at the point now where, you know, we have all these relationships and you, you know, you, you look like your great uncle (laughs) really kind of, you know, you know, great story. It's like, let's, let's work on it. So that's one of the things, one of the things I've been developing is is that project. And now that my kids are older, I'm also working on my one man show that I started just as my daughter was born. And now she's 22 is uh, called my life as a DJ. a One man show about me being a DJ in New York in the early days of the club scene. And so, you know, these are things that I'm doing to keep myself, uh, you know, creatively kind of busy and occupied uh and passionate about stuff. You well know?
1: Ne- well needless to say, when uh the project about your great uncle um Alan Dumont um is 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 ready to be shared with the public, uh let us know and let us know more about your one man show as well. In the meantime, you can see James Dumont uh, opposite eddie murphy and tracy ellis ross in canada cane lane new comedy directed by reginald Hudlin, available now viewing on demand amazon prime stay with us folks we'll be right back
0: the fbi dossier a guide to the classic tv series produced by quinn martin and starring ephraim Zemlis jr the FBI Dossier,
1: now available at BlackPawnPress.com, Amazon.com, and EdRobertson.com. One more item, save the dates. Join Coda Life and Welltime as they kick off the new year with their amazing Radiance Retreat 2024, January 19th through January 21st in the beautiful beach town of Malibu, California. Radiance Retreat 2024 is a weekend of wellness. Healing and stillness that will help you reclaim your vibrancy, your power, and call back your energy. For more information, follow Kota Life Goddess on Instagram. That's C O T A Kota Life Goddess on Instagram. Kota Life on Facebook, or visit CodaLife.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you.